0: This is the Manchester Football Social. Legend review.
1: Welcome, this is XS Manchester's Football Social, the voice of football fans in Manchester, and I'm Jim. Two wins from the two main teams in the city, red and blue, both picking up three points. But that's done very little to silence those storm clouds that are gathering over Old Trafford right now. With their weekly forecasts on what the footballing weather will hold, we've got two football eggheads in the studio. Manchester City YouTuber Esteemed Company, a.k.a. Stephen McInery. Evening, Stephen. Um, How are you doing? You all right? Good. good. And Manchester United's Flying Welshman, the one true Mickey team, Mickey Thomas. Evening, Mickey. Evening, Jim. Hope you guys are doing okay. I'd love your reaction to the weekend's games today. Maybe neither team showing true dominance, but a win nonetheless. 0345 111 is the phone number to call. 87711 is the text number. Get in touch on them. We'll talk about the games very soon, but first... We're going to start with a big and a sticky issue at Manchester United, because I want to know who you are blaming for the mess at Manchester United right now. Or the poor start, certainly, at least. There was a plane over Turf Moor this weekend for Manchester United's away game, I'm sure you saw it, carrying a big old banner behind it saying, Edward Woodward, a specialist in failure. But should it be the CEO that is getting the brunt of the fan frustration at Old Trafford this season? Should it be Woodward? Should it be the board? Should it be the manager? Should it be the players? 87711, that's the text number. 0345117625 is the phone number. Now, I started a little Twitter poll a little while ago, and this is going to run until 7 o'clock. And I put (coughs) those four options to our Twitter followers and see where most people contributing the problems this season too. 40% of the people voting are blaming the players at the moment, that it's them and them alone that have to answer for the poor start this season. So, Mickey T, where do you point the finger?
2: Well, I just think results says everything. If you're not winning, then obviously people want to question the manager, the players, you know, what's what, obviously not players coming in, etc. But I think you don't need to blame anyone. There's a long season to come. You, you know, the, the performance against Burnley was very encouraging. Um, not so much with a pilot on that plane flying across with a, a stupid <laughs> banner. I, I still believe that was not a Manchester United fan. That was someone that was pr- trying to put pressure on the club in certain ways. So that's my What do you thinking. mean when
1: you say that? What do you mean that it wasn't a fan?
2: It wasn't Manchester United fans, no. Someone that, you know, wants to keep this going and run it a little bit longer than what the course was. I don't know. I spoke
3: it's before Steve. Probably you? Jose himself, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know.
2: The, the most important thing, Jim, is that well, as, as a manager... You know, you look at the games you've lost, but you have to look forward. And I think the negativity can be a, a real downer on players and that. So I think my personal opinion is that the dressing room is not as bad as what people think. I think you know they looked at the Burnley game; they won that, and they go on to the next game. What's gone before should never dwell on it. Just move on to the next game.
1: But it has been a five-year period now since the retirement of Alex Ferguson, where the club hasn't felt right, and I don't know what it is. And I think I've spent a lot of time criticising Jose. And personally, I'm starting to turn around on that a little bit because I like this Jose Mourinho that we're seeing at the club at the moment, a man with a bit of fight. He looks like a very different character to the one that went under at Chelsea. So I kind of, I'm starting to support Jose, but the club has been mismanaged over the last five years. And Stephen, you must look at it from a Man City point of view and you must go, well... This is exactly what we want.
3: <laughs> well, I know a lot of things about clubs being mismanaged. I mean, I'm a Man City fan. I was around the 90s, uh, so I know a thing or two about that. And Not many clubs can replicate that. But, um, yeah, this obviously is a City fan perspective. This is absolutely hilarious. I can't pretend it isn't. But at the same time, you, you can see some kind of cracks in. You can see why fans would be a little bit, you know, mm. discontent and so on. And I think in general, if you were to say who's to blame and all that, I think as ever these things, it tends to be... Not just one thing, you know. I think there'll be maybe some of the players are letting the coach down. Maybe uh, Marino's a little bit fictitious, as he always can be, and Edward Wood does seem to have some questionable <laughs> like competency sometimes. So I think it's one of those things where it's a number of things, but um, I'm kind of of the opinion uh, that Edward Wood... Yeah, he, I don't think he's always as bad as people make out. And I think he's got every right to um, kind of veto some transfers as the as his senior, so to speak. And I think the idea initially was that people were criticising Edwin because he was throwing loads of money at loads of players. And now, when he does mm. try and say, "Well, we should keep Marshall for the future" or so on, people are criticising him for daring to have an opinion. So initially, it wasn't because he had an opinion. Now it is because he has an opinion. So it's a little bit like, "Well, what do you want him to be?" And with Mourinho, well. I've got a strong opinion on Bruno in general that I don't think he's the same person he was a few years back and I'm not sure... Never will be because in my personal opinion his kind of shtick and his aura was built around this air uh, of invincibility uh, you think about him joining the Premier League initially being this young handsome kind of maverick of a manager he's still um, pretty good looking yeah he's, yeah, he's weathered <laughs> a bit a silver he, fox he's, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah he is he's no Mancini though he's in those pictures recently but in general I don't think he still has that air of kind of like invincibility that he used to be and it used to be that like the players would get behind him because he believed in him when he had that season at Chelsea he looked uh, also a little bit he kind of looked to a little bit weathered post Real Madrid too. I feel like people started to question some of his decisions, and that was the first time it's ever happened to him. Mm. As a result, I feel like he's not been able to fully deal with that um, kind of that stripping of his kind of kind of just unquestionable ability. Um, and as a result, I feel like he's a little bit. Um, of an impersonation for what he used to be so I feel like sometimes people question him but he doesn't know how to deal with that so I wonder sometimes if that
1: affects him a little bit I think you hit on an interesting point there because Jose Mourinho isn't the same character that he was at Real Madrid and Chelsea and he's been given a very different task as well because when Mourinho joined Manchester United we all said we know the type of manager he will be he's a manager who uses large amounts of money to build a team. He buys players that are established and effective and that's how we win things. Which yeah. there you have to go, well, maybe we do need to blame Ed Woodward. Maybe we need, do yeah. need to blame the Glazers because he's not backing the manager. Certainly in this transfer window, hasn't backed him, Mickey, with the money that maybe he needs to operate.
2: Listen, Jim, you know, we all have a, an opinion. We don't know really what goes on behind closed doors. Yeah. You know, I think what Steve said about Ed Woodward, I think, you know, you, you've got to give him... I think a little bit of leeway because, you know, the modern game now, f- from my area, obviously, has changed completely in terms of getting people into that door. And, you know, I don't like saying it, but you're going to get people through that door because one thing now really determines whether a player is going to sign is an agent that wants vast mm. amounts of money. <coughs> and that's, <So>, yeah. <coughs> excuse me, that's for me is sporty. Um, and that's more difficult, even though the likes of Manchester United, lost Carlos Severo, who went to City instead of staying at Manchester United. That was a big thing for me signal saying that football is changing not for the better, but for the worst i think money does control football now if you got more money you, you'll get the best players there's no question
1: We will talk about the victory at the weekend very soon because it was a decent win over Burnley. And City had a good win as well. Blame
2: Mourinho for that win. Blame him. (laughs) Yeah, let's blame him. Blame blame him for the win.
1: (laughs) Not sure it's called blaming. when it's that, Mickey? But we will be talking (laughs) about that very soon. I don't want to be tarred with the anti-Mourinho agenda, anti-United media stick here. So we will talk about that soon. But I'm interested in this point about where the blame lies and who the fans are blaming for the poor start to the season because it is a poor start to the season Oh three four five triple one seventy six twenty five 76 is the number to call if you want to have your say chris darwin is on the phone he is the editor of red devil's Report. evening chris evening hey, chris hi jim how you doing how you doing guys very good so come on where hey, are you man. pointing the finger who are you blaming for this mess
4: well, I've just been listening to you guys for the last few minutes and sort of the, the point around it's a little bit of everything does, does ring quite true. I, I, the, the more you guys were talking, the more I kept coming back to the owners, the, the Glazers, and just thinking it all comes from them. And, and the reason I feel that is that when Ferguson, when Ferguson left and retired and when David Gill left as well, which I think is a really, really critical point in, in United's current sort of time, they didn't replace, well, quite frankly, and Edwards would go. The gig because he does the things that the Glazers are interested in. He makes the club money, mm. and he does that. And his and his name with uh, with United was made being through uh, doing all the commercials and, and bringing in sh- shedloads of money. In that respect, he's not a football man per se. Now the blame then for me shifts from the Glazers to Woodward, who should have then realised that he had limitations in his skill set when it comes to running a football club. I mean, yeah, he can do all the, he can go and get the next uh, tractor partnership or the. <laughs> the next tires or whatever it is in, in, in this day and age that, that people need to be seeing on the advertising hoardings find me somebody who bought a tractor off the back of one of those and, and I'll, I'll, I'll sort of give them a season ticket for life but the, the Woodward then should have been thinking about well, okay rather than listening to all the agents in the world who are telling me to buy this player buy this player buy this player get this manager in he should have been thinking about finding uh, a director of football who could have taken care of the football side of it the sporting side of it for him and that's where the for me the blame starts to shift onto onto Woodward a bit. Then, of course, you can't leave Mourinho out, really, can you? I mean, at the end of the day, he he was back to begin with in terms of the players and the players that he wants to replace now are typically the players that he bought and he's taken one look at them he must have looked at Lindelof in his first couple of training sessions and realised he'd been sold a pup has he bothered to try and coach him and develop him no he hasn't he wants to go out and buy Harry Maguire who let's be honest has made the name of scoring a, scoring a header in, in the World Cup not really being massively challenged and was found out twice in the two big games that he played in yet he suddenly thinks he's worth 65 million quid so I wouldn't be really backing Jose in this week window if that's the sort of money he wants to throw around on that sort of player. So that doesn't really answer your question,
5: Jim, I'm afraid. Well, it's, so, it's a bit
4: of <laughs> again. Are we <laughs> looking
1: at this problem and going, there is a problem here in that the Glazers want to make money from a football club and they've done that in various ways. Some of them have been more appealing to fans than others. Edward Woodward has been brought in to create a football club that makes money and actually a football club that makes money isn't able to compete in the modern footballing world with Clubs like City Who aren't there To make money The clubs like City Are there to produce A world Beating football team
4: I don't necessarily agree with that though, because don't forget that under the Glazers, United have won stuff. They had the right manager in charge. Now, admittedly, he was there to begin with, and, and he was probably running the club more than they were at that point. But it's not as if since day one, United have just been unsuccessful since the Glazers took over. So there is a formula in there somewhere, which means United can still be successful. I mean, don't forget at some point when United have been changing their managers over the last few years, Pep, what Pep was available, he, they could have gone out and got him if they. Really, really wanted to, and he probably would have gone because then he could have been the man who would take. He he would have then continued the legacy of United and and, and so on and so forth. So they have made some shocking choices along the way, which they're now paying paying um paying the price for. And I'm sure some of us are old enough to remember what happened to to Liverpool when they got a couple of managerial choices wrong after their period of dominance, and and they're still they're still not back yet. So it's it's got to be something that's got to be ironed out quite quickly.
2: do you think, I mean, what you said from the start of your conversation there about the Glaziers, I mean, do you know how much they've given so far to get the best players in? Uh, to, they, to be they, honest, they brought the but likes the of you know, i lost a lot of money. Um, I don't think they've been very um, bad in that respect in not producing the money for the managers. I mean, they have have spent no, I, quite I mean, a lot of money. They, they've
4: they spent a lot of money, indeed. But then the cynical side of me goes, yeah, but is Pogba just about the fact that he's one of the better midfield players in the world? They they know the money they're going to make back on, on that transfer.
3: Yeah.
6: No, he,
4: but was then at, he, he, he was He at
3: the he, he... at the time, just being the Champions League final. I think that was mm-hmm. a sound yeah, purchase. Yeah. And given the fact he was at United beforehand, that, I mean, hasn't... <sighs> it should work out there but that was was that wasn't an unjustifiable purchase in my personal opinion coming from a city if i wanted him at the time as well
4: yeah backed, they they have back the managers but have they backed the right managers then is the next question but you you I, I'm criticising the Glazers more for the, the, the decisions, the appointments they've made, rather than them throwing money at a manager. They, they, yeah, they've they put money in for the, to the transfer budget, no question about it. But that, for me, they shouldn't have given Woodward the overall uh, running of the sporting side of the football club. They should have been keen to go and get someone like a Monchi at Roma, who has a very clear transfer strategy, a recruitment strategy that, that is really analytical and, and, and knows the players they should be going to get, rather than listening to Jorge Mendez. Just saying, look, he's my client, he's a good player, he'll uh, hundred million quid, everyone's happy. There's got to be you can't be the best club in the world if you're recruiting in that way.
1: Chris, cheers for your call, mate. Thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate it. Cheers, Chris. No worries. Cheers. Uh, that's Chris cheers. from Red Devil's Report. If you want to get involved, oh three four five triple one seventy six twenty five is the phone number, eight double seven double one is the text number. It is strange that I think Mourinho. And Woodward seem to be the people that are getting the majority of the criticism in this scenario, where there's two big factors that are largely involved, ignored rather. One of them is the Glaziers, who got a lot of stick back in 2010 when they were securing a lot of debt against the club and all that kind of stuff. The the yellow and gold scarves, you still see them every now and again, but it's kind of died down to a low grumble rather than a protest now. And the other one is the players, some very highly played, very talented footballers. And I look at people like Alexi Sanchez who maybe aren't quite pulling their weight at the moment and aren't quite performing to their level. And surely that's where the buck has to stop at the end of the day. It has to stop with the players, doesn't it, Mickey?
2: Well, I mean, you know, they're the ones who've got to go and do the job. Well, you know, they get selected and they've got to go on that football pitch and and, and give themselves, you know, an opportunity to show the manager that they're the best players in, in the country and the best players to play for Manchester United. But... We know about form. City have got wonderful players. They have that squad now. I think probably the best squad is, there's no question, the Premier League. Mm-hmm. They, you, know, you can't compare United at this moment in time. For Josie Marino, when he took over, he took over a squad that probably that squad of 24. He probably didn't want about fifteen of those players. He wants to get his own players in. He, yeah. He's bought, what, five, six, seven, nine players, I don't know, so far. It's to get the right players in, the right group of players, and you are going to make mistakes along the way. City have done it. Even God, he always bought players and he got rid of them. But it's getting the right ones in, Jim. And I, I don't want to blame the players because I've been a mm. footballer myself. You know, they go out there and give the best. It might not be the best... At this moment in time, but you know, you can't just say they're not you know, they're not giving everything get on yeah. a, on a football pitch. I won't I, say that. I, I think,
3: think they argue but I think they will be trying. I mean the idea of being trying and being and being confident to do your best is a different concepts entirely like I, I think in general when there's a collective failing it that's when it and consistently, that's when it comes back to the manager. I think that's a fair assessment. One or two players out of form, that happens. That's just live. You put that down to, you know, whatever, an incident, and you just move on and learn from it. But I do think, in general, uh, when there's so many players uh, that look out of form, you have to look at the manager. And I don't, I think, I'm, I'm going to try and, I can't speak for United fans, I'm, I'm a blue, but I can presume a lot of the frustration comes from maybe just looking like they'll have no idea going forward. Mm. And when you see someone like Bielsa come in at, in Leeds and transform him inside a month and a half with sheer coaching on the the pitch and having playing this Barca light football in the Championship, scoring goals, passing from the back with players worth one tenth of what United players are worth, it, that is that's pure and utter coaching. That is just coaching, yeah. and I guess this that's why some United fans can presume are frustrated because it's not the fact that maybe they're not winning the league all the time. It maybe it's just because it's quite hard to watch, and that does come back to the manager's style and that does come back to what they're doing on the pitch, and they shouldn't be looking laboured against the likes of you know. Yeah, the, the, the only Bright difference between
2: like United and everyone else in that Premier League is a different pressure at Manchester United, it's true. you know, because what has gone before in terms of winning everything. And I, I, I think from being a former player there, inside that dressing, you know, every time you take that field, it's like a cup final. And that's why I was worried about Burnett at the weekend, Jim. I thought, you know, it's going to be a difficult game, but United, you know, play the team at this moment in time, Burnley, who have been great in the past, certainly having mm-hmm. a bad period themselves. So it's probably a good time to play them, but... There's a different pressure at United. Even, you know, everything's, you know, in, in, in the front pages, the back pages. Yeah. You know, City won the other week. I said it again. They beat Huddersfield 6-1 with a magnificent performance. Not one thing was on the headlines about that on the Monday. It was all about Manchester United losing their game. And that's the difference. United, you know, they want to talk about Manchester United because they are the biggest club. It makes no difference what anyone else did. They all want to talk about Manchester United. They all want a piece of the action. That's
3: not new news, is it? So, I mean, like yeah. that has been it comes with the territory. You sign for Manchester yeah. United, you respect that level of criticism and using that as a way to, like, if any of them even dared mention you know, about the pressure of that, they'd be laughed out of the, the club because signing for the biggest club being treated as like one of the biggest clubs So it's just how it is. And... I think mean, this still, I mean, personally, from the outside looking in, it comes back to um, a bunch of players who just don't look, not motivated, just don't know, have the confidence as a team to play with expression. And I think that's a big part of United's identity.
1: Well, the green shoots are there. There has been more attacking football on display against Burnley and against Spurs in the game before that, despite the 3 0 loss. We'll talk about that in a minute. Before we move on, Mickey, from your experience as an ex player who has been in the old Trafford dressing room, there has been lots of talk that the dressing room has been lost. What signs do you see from those players on the United pitch that they are still 100% committed to the manager?
2: Well, oh, of course they're committed. You know, they have to go out and do, you know, a job. I, I, you know, they're employed by Manchester United, like City players are, like Liverpool players. You have to go out and do a job. At this moment in time, it, it's not being what it should be. But, you know, the the performance wasn't as bad as what people mm. said because the first half, they had three or four great... You know, Lukaku should have scored. Didn't take the opportunity. They get... The, the, the first goal. We had a great chance. LaRiche made a great save from Lukaku. They go down the other end and get a second goal. So, you know, I didn't take too much out of that. I wasn't too concerned about that. It's the next few games for me to see whether we can get better. And I believe we will do. I think Mourinho knows what's at, at stake for this. City all the team that everyone has to catch. I don't want to say but City all the team. They're the ones now who've got... You know, the, the the Premiership title, they've got a squad, a magnificent squad with some wonderful players. I don't like saying it, but you have to say the facts is here that United have got to try and get there to that level.
1: If you're at the Burnley game yeah. this weekend with United, I'd love to know how the fans were reacted to Mourinho because it seems like he's won and back. Eight, oh, oh, three, four, five. I've forgotten the phone number. I've got it on a bit of paper. I'm going to look, I'm going to look for a bit of paper. Uh, Here we go. I've got it. Let's forget yeah. that bit didn't happen and I'll sound slick again. <laughs> 0345 is the phone number to call. 87711 is the text number. 0345 We will talk about Burnley versus Manchester United in a bit. Plus, Man City faced Newcastle. And it was a tough test. First, Wolves caused a problem, and it looked like Newcastle could have caused a problem as well. We're going to talk about that next on the Excess Manchester Football Social.
0: This is the Manchester Football Social Legend Review.
1: This is Excess Manchester. I'm Jim. I'm in the studio with Mickey T, Manchester United legend and Stephen McInery. Man City YouTuber. Evening, boys. Mm-hmm. Good
2: good We're fine Magan. here. We're having a good little uh, break here. A and cup wag. of tea.
1: Oh, I need right. your drinks. <laughs> oh, I could do with a cup of tea. I have another had a cup of tea all day. We are part of the Manchester United anti-media at the moment. We've been saying, basically, who's to blame for the mess at Manchester United recently. We are going to move on for that in just one moment. I wanted to read out this tweet that I thought was interesting from LJ defending Ed Woodward after the banner over Turf Moor this weekend. As people don't have a clue, this man, i.e. Woodward, Got £800 million pounds out of the Glaziers since 2013. When a manager has so many flops, you shouldn't trust them to make more investments. He refused to sell Martial and Pogba. The guy is saving us, but people don't see it. So there's two <laughs> sides to every story. Some people think Ed Woodward is the hero is in Ed this Woodward's story. Ed yeah. <laughs> Signed Mrs. Woodward, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll move on from that. Thank you very much for your comments. 87711 is the text number. 0345117625 is the phone number if you want to get involved today, because we're going to focus on more positive things because we shouldn't be talking so negatively after City and United both came home with three points each this weekend and we're going to start off by talking about Man City who marked the 10 year anniversary since the big takeover with a battling win against Newcastle Stephen it must be nice to see City win combatively rather than playing the silky ticky-tacker <laughs> football it must be nice to see
3: him actually we had a Bit of that last year as well. All the times you know, have the last minute goals, uh, Sterling obviously against Southampton and Sterling again in other games. But, um, yeah, at this stage of the season, when you know, post World Cup, given that we've got a couple of new signings and so on, we're just trying to get the squad ready for match fitness. I would just take wins, that's all I want at this stage, and I don't think we played that particularly well. Um, but I'm very much a, a see the positives kind of person, and uh, I thought we did what we needed to do. We kind of got there courtesy of two wonder strikes. But at the end of the season, no one would really care how we got there as long as we got the three points. And there was times last season people forget, they presume that it was all gold. You know, There was moments where we had to dig in and we didn't play as quite as well as we should have done. Uh, but that's just the Premier League, isn't it? And you've also got to consider the fact that we played uh, all these games so far without, I mean, different reasons. Leroy Sarney, Kevin De Bruyne, you know, someone who should have, in my personal opinion, won the play of the season last year in the Mm. league and also the person did win the young player of the year so we've got two of the most exciting attacking players uh, in the Premier League in world football not in the team so we are having to adapt a little bit to life without them and I'm not trying to say cry for Man City we've got an incredible squad but I think there is signs that we're trying to kind of shuffle the cards a little bit and work out how to deal with uh, this kind of small micro-challenge that the Cordial's got at the moment and um as it is when it's in that situation i'm happy to just take the three points and uh i think that's all we got
1: when you look at the wolves game and the newcastle game both approach the game in very similar ways incredibly well drilled incredibly well organized is this the blueprint other clubs are going to be looking at those teams who aren't the i mean wolves have an incredible start to life in the premier league but they're they're probably not the teams with the greatest defensive personnel whereas there's going to be teams higher up the table who have a more solid defensive base that maybe employing similar tactics can
3: stop City. They'll be, they've been doing that uh, since Guardiola rocked up anyway so like, there's nothing new I mean after as soon as he we went on a 14, 15, 16 game win, win streak teams were kind of putting every single person behind the board it was like an 11 man block so we're kind of used to that and that's obviously where the idea of bringing Mahrez in and having Mendy I know it's the whole cliche of a new signing but quite literally he played like five times for his last season in the league, so six maybe or something like that. But him there as well. We've got different ways to get at teams, and that's Squadiol's challenge to kind of learn how to do that and break teams down. And. Um, I can't complain about teams sitting deep. In general, I kind of don't mind when they do because I think invariably we will break them down. Mm. So I would encourage most teams to come and sit deep because uh, I think we will win if that's the situation. But yeah, it's just how it is. Um, I thought Wolves kind of attacked us a little bit and created a few chances. And fair play, I like Wolves. They play good football. They've got a good you know team from Portuguese potential stars. <laughs> yeah. um, and Newcastle did what Newcastle tend to do against us, but this time it worked. Normally we bang five or six past them. and Aguero scores a hat trick or whatever, or four or five goals. But. Uh, they got um they kinda of stifled with us, but it didn't kinda of, it worked begin with, you know what I mean. So that. You sound very upbeat, Stephen.
1: Third place, I think it's a crisis. Hashtag um, pep out, I think. Fourth, actually, yeah. Fourth, no, no. Oh, of, yeah. yeah so yeah, all,
2: all going wrong. It's all going wrong. <laughs> well, well the talk, old's gotta go.
1: Let's talk to a man who might take issue <laughs> with you. Uh that's normally what Newcastle do against a stance. We've got Alex, who is from the Exile Geordies podcast on the phone. Even in Alex. <laughs>
5: Hey, how we doing?
1: Very good. So you're exiled. Where exactly are you exiled to?
5: Um. So I live in Wisconsin, uh, in the United States. Um, and my my podcast uh, co-host, Brad, he's in New York City. So.
1: <laughs> well, you can hear you're born and bred Newcastle from the accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What'd you make of the game at the game at the weekend? Was that expected? You weren't expecting to come to the Etihad and walk away with three points or even a point.
5: Yeah. Um. I thought. It's just as what we expected, you know, come away with with nothing really. Um, But a a solid performance, you know, yeah, like you said, um, a lot of times it'll be five or six. So um, two to one with an opportunity to to get a point um, and, you know, not an embarrassing performance at all. So that's kind of what we were expecting. We know that's what to expect under Rafa against a team uh, at the top of the table. So, um, yeah, it was was an okay performance uh, with a chance for a point. So that's all we could expect from that.
1: Benitez has had a lot of criticism already this season for a lack of ambition, an unadventurous approach to some of his games. Surely that is just pragmatic for Newcastle now, isn't it? They didn't really strengthen in the summer. They're looking with the best win in the world at the bottom half of the table rather than the top. Sure, doesn't Rafa have to do what he does with the players he has in, in, at, at his disposal?
5: Yeah, I think the big thing with Benitez is he looks at the the season as as a whole always, and it's, um, you know, never a single match trying to get three points. It's, okay, what does this mean in the big picture of our season? Um, I think his goal is always how do we stay in the Premier League? And then anything after that, um, you know, comes later. Um, And you saw that last year where... We sort of, you know, uh, kept our place in the Premier League and then uh, found a little bit of of momentum going forward and and were able to finish 10th. But I think it it really comes down to, you know, uh, in a match like that, we know that we're not expected to win, probably not expected to draw. So just try to find a way uh, to stay in the game, keep, uh, you know, uh, the the team uh, drilled together and, uh, you know, find a way to not be embarrassed so you can carry some sort of momentum into the next week um, and continue to get results uh, throughout the whole season.
1: I like that as a footballing philosophy. Let's find a way not to be embarrassed. (laughs) What happens if Rafa goes?
5: Yeah, I I think that... Um, you know, we've, we've been going back and forth on this because, you know, people will say oh, I'll sell my season ticket, I'll sell my ticket um, you know, I'm not going to the matches anymore if Rafa leaves and, and Ashley's still here um, and, and people will say oh, well, they always say that, um, but they always come back I think this is really a breaking point for Newcastle fans um, you know, the farther we get away from the first stint of Keegan the farther we get away from Bobby Robson um, in that era I think that the tensions just become tighter and tighter until, you know, there is going to be a breaking point and i think a lot of people um are going to walk away and who comes in after rafa benitez that's a big question is like you know um to replace a player uh, you know a manager like alan party or something like that you know a lot of, a lot of managers can do that but you know who's going to come in and say i can be as successful or more successful than benitez um with the way that ashley runs the club it's going to be it's going to be bad when if, if and when benitez leaves
1: Good luck for the season, Alex. Thanks for coming on. I think we can all agree in the studio that Newcastle United belong in the Premier League. So I think for for the league, it's important you stay there. So I hope the rest of the season is successful.
5: Yeah, thanks so much.
1: That's Alex from the Exile. Geordie, we're going to move straight on. We've got a City fan on the phone. Matt's on the line. Evening, Matt.
0: Evening, lads. Hey,
1: Matt. You are right? So you're celebrating the 10 years of new ownership of Man City at the moment. You're up about that?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, what a ten years we've had. It's um, it's been wild. We all know that. Um, I just want to ask you, guys a question. In your honest opinion, where do you think we would be now if Sheikh Mansour hadn't came in and taken us over?
3: The question, hasn't it? Difficult one. What about you, Matt?
0: Um, to be honest, I think we'd still, we'd still be in the Premier League. I don't think we'd be winning it, but I think we'd still be up there. Um, yeah, it's, diff- it's a difficult one, really, because I mean, where, where we was left, obviously, when um, Sinuatra obviously, he, just, he, he got exiled. He'd um, had all his assets frozen. He was talk of us possibly going into administration. No one knew um, where he was going to be financially, so yeah, it could, it could have really gone um, the complete opposite way to it, the way it has done. I mean,
2: oh, can well, I can what, I just what, answer what you, that? What do you think? then? Can I just answer that? Because, I mean, I've played against City many times and I've seen them on obviously demise. They, they've gone down to the third division, whatever. But the yeah. one thing that you had that kept you going was, you, had, you know, the support of, of the fans in that because, yeah. Yeah. you know, the yeah. Gillingham final, you know, incredible, wasn't it? Was you know, looked like to amazing. I oh, watched that game. So, you know... Where would you be? I mean, that's why well, I don't know. I think half of would be in the I Premier mean, League still. I, the Premier League, be. You, you'd be in the Premier League, there's no question about that.
3: You, you don't know, because, I mean, the reason apparently the Sheik kind of invested in sitting in the first place is because we were quite an attractive proposition in terms mm-hmm. of we had that, the stadium and all the area around <laughs> for development, and obviously there's just loads <laughs> of potential to build the club, so you, you don't know someone else might come in somewhere. It's very possible. But I still think, given, you know, giving off support and, uh, given the, even the City, Manchester I think um, we'll, we'd be in the Premier League still I'm pretty comfortable about that Where we'd be, I don't know Would we be yo-yo club? Would be another Newcastle size You know, at the moment Who knows I but mean, yeah.
1: takeovers <laughs> have take different blueprints, don't they? You've got the Glazers takeover of United You've got the Sheik's takeover of City You've got Abramovich at Chelsea You've got Egbert Magnuson, the biscuit baron Who bought West Ham United <laughs> They don't, that don't that always turn uh, out the team dreams
2: City owner's is, you know Probably one of the richest people in the world, aren't they, they?
3: They know what they're doing as well. So like. they,
2: they, they can do what they want. But I mean, how do you find it now, though, being a City fan? You know, do, you, do you really think it's all about money or you think you've, you've done it in a different
0: no, way? No, not at all. I mean, I think possibly the only thing that's changed since then is um, the fans' expectations and mine personally. Because mm. going to, I remember going to the games at Main Road when I was younger with my dad. And to be honest, if we got beat we wasn't really that bothered we were like oh well (laughs) better better look next week but now I seem to find if we get beat I can't watch match of the day I can't watch it because it winds (laughs) me up that much and obviously that, 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 that comes with the expectation of success but I mean, I, I'm going to I'm going to ask another question um, to you, Stephen. Yes. Yeah. Um, what's what, what's been your favourite moment since um, the shape took over? I think I know what you're going to say, but I want to hear you. <laughs>
3: uh, it's a certain Argentinian, mate. Obviously, uh, oh, yeah. I lost it. Um, I probably lost a lot of uh, United fan friends after that day as well. <laughs> so um, something else, wasn't it, mate? Absolutely, ridiculously good. Uh, it's Johnos. You know, it's all been good. It's all been good since then. I can't deny it. What's it's been your awesome. favourite moment, Mickey?
2: <laughs> um it <laughs> <No one laughs> it's going to come very soon but no, you know there's no getting away from it I, I can't come on here and say this is not good but is City have played some great football in, in terms of what that's the what thing I like bring, I think it's the football we play is the, good the style of football I think is enjoyable for a City fan and, I get goosebumps uh, sometimes know, watching you know, that. I, I, like I, I don't watch like any, but you know, I, I don't watch it week in week out. I sit here and I say, off. but no, they, they are a great footballing style at this moment in time. You can't knock what they produce week in week out." Before you go, no, now. As, a, as a football purist, I mean,
0: yeah. when, when you watch it, it must be it must be great as a neutral. Obviously, when when we play against teams and they watch their team get battered, obviously it's not great for them. But if you're <laughs> a neutral watching that. Then it, it, it must be it must be a joy to watch. Obviously, it's even better for us. But like, like you just said, then Mickey, it's, it's great for football. It's also been great great for the city of Manchester as a whole. Because obviously, what Stephen touched on before, they've actually not just invested in the club. They've invested in the city and the surrounding areas. They've created jobs for people. They've just made it so much more attractive. And as um, obviously, City United both fighting for the title every year. You know, it, it is it's it's great for the city. And I don't think any of us. Um saw this coming 10 years ago and it's still a bit of a dream now to be honest
1: Stand on heart Matt, just before you go look back to those times where you were watching your team get beat at Main Road and not being too bothered about it rewind yeah. the clock, do you love following City now, today more than you did say 15 years ago we're going back pre-Taxing, pre there being any glimmer of success yes
2: <laughs> mm.
0: Um no, none, none of my feelings have changed in that respect, Jimmy. It was always going to be, even if, even if it was like, you know, Stockport County, they used to beat us at Ro- Main Road every time <laughs> the came. So I, I love where they are now. It's a funny old game, isn't it, football? They were in Division One with us, and now they're sat, I think they're in the, the sixth tier, something like that now. Yeah. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a funny old game, isn't it?
1: Matt, cheers for your call, mate. I appreciate cheers, that. Nice Thanks for coming yeah. on. Nice one, guys. 0345117625 is the number if you want to get involved. 87711 is the text number. We're going to be talking Manchester United and their game against Burnley in a moment. Has the tide turned? Is Mourinho starting to play attacking football? 23 shots on goal versus Spurs. 21 shots on goal versus Burnley. That isn't park the bus football. Get your opinions <laughs> in. 0345117625 is the number. Very quickly before we move on, Stephen, what's going on with Sane? I put him in my Premier League fantasy football team at the beginning of the season he's not playing he had seven you minutes the others. other day and looked absolutely awful what's going on that was a, on? a bad
3: cameo wasn't it I, I, he started last season kind of in a, in a sketchy form as well so I think he's just a young man who has that that you know one of those <laughs> things where the biggest strength is also the biggest weakness that ego and that confidence right. and I think he's like he's quite he's, he strikes me as the kind of guy who has a lot of self-belief and as a result probably doesn't really feel the need to always be 100% focused um, and that's what apparently Pet was annoyed about the, the Wolves cameo when he did came on, come on mm. um, Pep felt he wasn't focused and he, he, it was a shocking cameo. I mean, a lovely one. He had boy. zero cast completion. Oh, he from was that just game. so, it was oh, weird. Yeah. He was like watching Bebe. You remember him? He reminded <laughs> me of that. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I, phenomenal know,
2: just, no, just on his side of it, um, I just think to win those awards, Jim, and the season he had, you know. She, it can have an effect on you,
3: and no, not going to not going to the World Cup as well. Uh, I like, well, that would have so. been
2: a, a devastation for me. Yeah, yeah that, I that, think
3: you'll be okay. I think it's just um, some people. Pep, you notice how Pep talks about certain players, like um, with John Stones, for example, he talks about his courage and you know how he's got more balls than anyone in the team. That's what he says. And with Sterling, he does the whole like arm around the shoulder thing. And with Sergio, he was always like, "I want more from him." And then mm-hmm. with Leroy, he seems to be quite you know firm. So I think he just kind of manages it in a in a far better in a different way for each well, person. you wouldn't sell him. Of course, you wouldn't no I'd be devastated if you go because I think he has a ridiculously high ceiling in terms of football ability but I think Sane will be alright it'll just take a while to get his head back in the game and he needs to find a way in the team as well given the fact that last season we played so wide in terms of he was the widest on the left and now Mendy's here so Mendy's out furthest wide left so Leroy apparently in training had a, had a go on the How many right.
2: games did he play out of the games in the league last season how
3: many out of- so, Le- yeah. Sone, well, yeah. I don't know the stats but he was over 30, if it is, yeah, if no. it's
2: not a regular thing with him Jim he's not playing and he thinks because he's won those the awards he thinks oh, I should be automatic now that might be circulating no, that a
3: Well that's it Pep knows how to knock players down a peg or two in the right way Like um, he played 32 games last season apparently in the league and He's a phenomenal player, and I, I, that's a lot of games in the league. Yeah, exactly. I think he'll get bored of not being in the team, so I think he will up his uh, up his uh, efforts in training, and he'll be I, I, I think maybe Real be, Madrid
2: might have been knocking on that the That would be
3: terrifying, uh, given the <laughs> Sterling rumours as well. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to uh, think about that because that's too much to handle. Right, we're going to move on.
1: We've done City. We're going to talk about United and their game at the weekend because there were plenty of positives despite the negatives of the big. Ed Woodward banner there was some good football on display a good win a good three points and some attacking football as well we'll talk about that next with Mickey T and Stephen on the XS Manchester Football Social
0: this is the Manchester Football Social Legend Review
1: this is XS Manchester, the legend reviewer. We look back at the weekend's games on a Monday with two football legends. We have Mickey T from Manchester United, ex Manchester United winger, and Stephen McCannery, who is a Man City YouTuber.
3: Uh, you, you, using the term legend loosely there, but I'll <laughs> well, take it. <laughs>
1: legend work, you can take that how you like. Everyone's a legend in their own right, aren't they? Let's talk about Manchester United because three points at the weekend, Mickey. We focused on the negatives. Let's focus on the positives because there was our attacking football, there was a missed penalty, there was a Lukaku double with a from a striker on form as well. Is this where United's season slowly turns
2: around? Well, I think you need the result to kickstart. Sometimes it might be the result that does that. I mean, there was some good in, uh, individual performances. I thought Shaw, Lukaku certainly looked good, and Sanchez, um, and, and Fellaini, who never gets any real credit in that midfield. Um, area, I thought he really dominated that uh, position there, but it's about the result, and we need a result after the Tottenham defeat, although well, it wasn't a bad performance against Tottenham, you know, a scoreline flat at Tottenham to be honest, but the thing is to get back on track, and we've got the result now, we can build on that, because you're right, there's a lot of negativity about Manchester United these days, and I like to be positive, I like to think that, you know, the good times can come, but, no, you know, there's a long way to go, we've got, we've got to get players, as you mentioned before, Stephen, to get you know consistently good uh, into form where you know you're performing week in week out, not just in the one off game, Jim. So it has to be that consistency in the United's performances. So hopefully that will happen. Unfortunately, there's a, a international break now, and hopefully that doesn't disrupt us. But we have a win which we needed, mm. you know. Um, if you if look at the, the negativity it comes from the outside not with inside the club Um as we mentioned before Stephen that you know United are big news and people want to talk about United yeah. and if you get a bad result it's a disaster so people can, can really have a go at United but we mentioned Jody Mourinho before. I think, you know, he knows now he's got to get the side on a run of results to take that pressure off and, and get that belief that they can win something this season. You know, the, the Premier League, you, you know, you have to aim for number one. If it's not going to be that, you look for the Cups and, you know, the Champion League, etc. We are in that. Not an easy group. But as I said, it's all about winning football games, and if you're doing that, that takes a lot of pressure off you.
1: It's interesting you mentioned Fellaini, because at the top of my sheet of paper, I have written Mara and Fellaini, the much-criticised player, and I thought he was instrumental at the weekend. I thought he was a really good player. And Bob, our next caller, who's a United fan, thinks the same. Evening, Bob. Evening, Bob. Hey, Bob. Uh, evening. Hiya. So, hey, you everyone. you Fellaini's Hello. biggest fan now?
6: you got a T-shirt I, with the, his face on? <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I still... I think more than anyone, he sort of represents... Uh, everything that's gone wrong since Ferguson left. Uh, however, I would agree with both of you and Mickey, I thought he played really well against Burnley, um, basically because he was only asked to be massive, which is what he's great <laughs> at. Uh, so, yeah, he, he just went in there and sort of threw his head around and gave a bit of support to Lindelof, who occasionally was quite weak in the air, and uh, they kind of completely nullified Burnley, but due partly in him being good did you know strange. the Tottenham
2: did you see the Tottenham game because I thought when Fellaini came on I thought he did excellent in that in that time he was on there, and that's why I think he got the start against Burnley I mean you know he's different from what you know Manchester United fans want of course what they've had in the, in the past but he has for me when he when he's on his game he can be very effective he, you know he's a handful to deal with for sure
6: yeah but uh, I'd agree with you. Basically, every time he's featured this season, I think he's been good. He, he's come on, he's not really made any errors, which is what he's normally great at. I mean, he, he, that game against Everton, when he came on to hold the uh, hold the draw or the win, it might have even been, he gave a penalty away uh, a couple of seconds on. Um, he, he's a bit of a liability, I think, in sort of with the ball at his feet, uh, when he has to tackle, when he has to shoot, basically anything but chesting it down, heading it. And that's what he did brilliantly against Burnley. I would worry if we played... A better side, uh, and he was that close to our penalty area, and we got pressed. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure he's quite that good when he's got the ball at his feet. And he has to quickly. But what you're saying is, every time
1: he's played this season, he has looked decent. So surely that means there is a role for Fellaini at United and in that team,
6: doesn't it? Yeah, like like I said, like if if he needs to be big, he can do that either at the uh, in the penalty area uh, at their end, or as we saw on Sunday afternoon, he, he's very good. He kept wood out the game. Really, uh, and he, he, you know, so I think Smalling's good in the air as well, but um, I can't remember him losing a, an aerial duel.
3: I'm gonna, I'm gonna presume I'm a City fan, but I presume you mean, mate, is like I think it's, I can presume you're probably frustrated that how often the Plan B has to be called into action. Mm. No, there's nothing wrong with a Plan B, but I guess it's when it's always necessary. Maybe that's probably the frustration, I guess. Yeah, uh, and I think um, the thing that this
6: Burnley game didn't show that has been the problem with the Brighton and game is is how the team sort of reacts to adversity and not just the, the players on the field but the manager. Against yeah. Brighton and Spurs in both of them they went behind and crumbled and he couldn't do anything from the bench. Uh, his, his sort of plan when we go behind seems to be chuck loads of attackers on just hope it works.
2: What, you th- what do you think now though I mean you know in, in, in positivity way I mean <laughs> for the remaining of the season are, are you confident we can do something? And win something? Uh, um, <laughs> That's another. <idea>, no yeah? <laughs> well, yeah.
6: The thing was, the game on Sunday, I know that Burnley aren't a great great side. So far this season, they haven't looked that good, despite what they did last season. But they, I thought they played really, really well on Sunday, United. And even after half-time and they were 2-0 up in the past, they sort of, we regress a bit and just kind of not give up attacking, but think... But we'll just hold out but this time they they still look to go forward I think had Rashford not got sent off they, they'd have got a third and that if they play like that more often I think they'll be okay uh, I don't think I, I think the title might be a bit far we've got a chance in Cups he, he's proven already he's quite good in knockout competitions uh, worry about the Champions League especially that group but uh, yeah, I think if, they, if he can just work out what his best system and team is, and stick that and drill that, they, they clearly are playing for him. You know, yeah, well, well, I was just going sense. to come
2: on to that point. You, um, yeah. and I think it was very interesting. The crowd from right from the start against Burnley was singing Josie Marino's name, so they have a belief that he is the right man for the job, and they're the hardcore Manchester United fans. That and serve more so they you know, they got right behind him didn't they
1: I think that's really important that the fans are behind it we're going to have to leave it there Bob thank you very much you, for coming on you. really Just appreciate love. that and thank you very much to Mickey T Thanks Steve McInery him. thank you very much for your time I today don't... on the Football Social but that's tomorrow for Forever Blue Ian Cheeseman will be here to talk about the weekend's action I'll and talk to some up. ex <laughs> <laughs> Mickey, <laughs> Mickey will be tuning in you can get all the shows via the Excess uh, Manchester Football Social Podcast head to excessmanchester.co.uk for any of the ones you missed